Jesus, I just thank you for this. Um, whoops, let's hit record first. Take two. Jesus, I just thank you for this opportunity we have to gather together today, this beautiful fall morning, to be inspired by your story through Scripture in our lives, that each of us would look at the discipline of meditation in a new way to um, help ourselves just become more like you, to live more in your kingdom, your way of doing things, your culture here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, good morning. Um, I'm going to try to do this off of paper this morning because I'm thinking about getting rid of my iPad. I'm, technology is just starting to annoy the crap out of me about how often you have to update it and a phone and a computer and it's just too much for me. So we're simplifying, which also leads into some of today. Uh, I want to talk about, uh, we've been doing these spiritual disciplines um, about every like four to six weeks, giving ourselves time to actually apply, practice, try these things out. Um, instead of giving all in like a six-week span, just hitting them all and then everyone being like, oh my God, I can't do any of this and crying yourself to sleep in the fetal position every night. Um, but we've gone through prayer, we've gone through solitude, um, we've gone through, I'm trying to remember all of them, does anyone else remember? There's one or two other ones that we've done in the last, oh man. Um, hospitality, thank you Liz. Hospitality. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it just was those three. We've just kind of started this deal. Um, but today I want to talk about uh, meditation. I went to the doctor a couple of weeks back for the first time in like eight years. Just like I probably should get a physical and my tetanus shot is way overdue for someone who cuts themselves all the time. Not like, like I get, okay, that like, yeah, I'm around rusty nails and things that end up loving to catch my skin and it's getting worse. All right, anyway. I don't want, is it, it's a, yeah, I'm, there we go, yeah, that happens. Uh, so I went in for that. Surprisingly, though, my doctor, the biggest thing he hammered on was um, a meditation practice and even mindfulness. And right away, this is something that I've actually kind of added to life over the last couple of years. Um, but it's only like a couple times a week, and he's just like, you need to daily, especially you. But he's like, all of us, he's like, we're just, he's like, science is just coming out with so much information. And he was specifically talking about mindfulness, so just that the clearing the clutter out of your mind, and we'll get into some of these things in a second here, and just focusing on, like, getting down to, um, it kind of manages, it helps you manage thought, the mindfulness man meditation does. And he's like, you, you as a minister, but even he's like, in the world we live today, it's like, a daily practice is going to be bigger than anything else you can we can talk about and change. And I thought it was interesting uh, because I had been trying to add a couple times a week uh, different types of meditation because it is a spiritual practice. Oh, I forgot to bring the book. There's a, a book that was written like 23 years ago called uh, Spiritual Disciplines. It's got 12, uh, 12 spiritual disciplines that have been a part of our faith tradition for centuries that are... Uh, important to add, talk about, and meditation is one of them. Um, but a disciple of Jesus, we're called to, to be disciples and we're called to make disciples and, and as a community do that together. But disciples is learner. We're learning the way Jesus showed us, a better way, 
Uh, he called it his kingdom, which has come now, his culture, his way of doing things. But it seemed to trump and be above and be this way to really experience life uh, in a different way. And, and a lot of this advice and a lot of what Jesus has taught us seems completely backwards of what the world or what maybe um, that selfish part of us thinks we need to do. But he says you can experience life and you can usher in the kingdom of heaven by living different practices. And so uh, there's spiritual disciplines that the New Testament talks about uh, that practicing these things will just help us to be, see ourselves more like Jesus, become more like Jesus, be able to unfold this. I don't think the discipline is the end goal. The end goal is to be more loving, to usher in the kingdom of heaven. I don't think we need more people meditating or praying or fasting. Like it's, it's, that action will help us to all become more Christ-like, and we'll see more of his love and more of the kingdom of heaven, because that's, that's what we want to see. Uh, but each of us as disciples, and I hope we see ourselves as someone who's a follower of Jesus, because I think there's something different about being a Christian, believing that God has gone like, out of his way to um, make things right, to have relationship, to, uh, to do everything for us and to love us. There's, there's this Christian side of our faith where it's like, yes, I believe in a loving, divine God who would go to those lengths for me. And I think there's someone who's a follower of Jesus who says, I want to practice his way of doing things, his lifestyle. I want to practice being his hands and feet. I'm, I, I intentionally want to live this way. One seems very settling to me, like it's this, this idea that can bring comfort and peace. And one brings a little um, challenge. It's... It's hard. We need to think through it. He says the benefits are amazing and better than we can experience, but just looking at them sometimes, they can seem scary, they can seem different, they can seem something else. But um, I'm talking under the notion this morning that we all want to consider ourselves actually followers of Jesus and get into um, looking at adding different spiritual disciplines to our life. Um, we do it every four to six weeks because, like I said, it's not, this isn't something we just all of a sudden wake up one day and add all spiritual disciplines as part of our faith. No, we just try. You try finding a way, like as we're, as we're talking today, as we're going through this, just think of how, how, what's that, how do I start to apply this in my life? You don't have to dive fully in and all of a sudden you've got a twice a day, 20-minute meditation practice, but what, what do I add to this? Um, but the doctor's big thing to me when he was talking to me is he's like, our world is so fast-paced right now, and this multitasking and our smartphones, he's like, our mind is going a million miles an hour, and he's like, it just isn't built to do that. Uh, and there's some really interesting um, kind of faith history around some of this stuff. Uh, there, there's a lot of Christian writers through the centuries that would even say that uh, our adversary, like evil, the devil, uh, majors in noise, hurry, and crowds. If he can keep us entangled in just busyness or muchness or just so much going on, then he rests just satisfied. He's like, I don't have to do anything else. He's, everyone's spinning. There's no time to get filled by God and, and, other, and spill over into others. There's no time to be his hands and feet. There's no, uh, there's no this, this intake, inhale, exhale that we see in the Bible where we're getting filled and then we're pouring ourselves out to others. We're just constantly caught in this loop of busyness. Um, Carl Jung, who's a psychiatrist, says, uh, he says, hurry is not of the devil, it is the devil himself. Like it's this, this busyness of life, of mind, of something else. 
Meditation is one of the inward disciplines, spiritual disciplines that they talk about. Um, and it's got a lot of history. And I think I want to go into a little bit of the history because I think a lot of people sometimes when we hear meditation, we think Eastern voodoo that may not apply or scary. I know a lot of Christians uh, in my own circle, even though it's been a huge part of our faith and been talked about again for centuries, are so scared of what this could look like without putting the right training wheels on it for people. But we're, we're going to get into this a little bit. The Hebrew for this... Um, it uses two different Hebrew words through the scriptures, haga and uh, shiach, and it conveys this idea of meditation, and they're used 58 times through the scriptures. Um, and they're implied other times, but they're directly talking about meditation, contemplation, this uh, 58 times. Uh, they have various meanings, whether it's listening to God's word, reflecting on God's word, rehearsing God's deeds, ruminating on God's laws and principles. There's just all these ideas that kind of come about this, but they, they come from these kind of two, two words here. Those who walked the pages of Scripture, so the, the characters in this collection of love letters that we have, um, definitely understood the practice of meditation. I would say even back then it was much more a part of their culture and time than it is today, even though it seems to be um, becoming a fad at times. Um, recently, there was, um, let me go here. Even in Genesis, there's, there's portions where it says, Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening. There's a part um, in Psalms where it says, uh, often at night I lie in bed and remember you, meditating on your greatness till morning smiles through my window. And, and the Psalms really is, they're, they're all over the place in there. It's like this poetic um, just smashing of all these, like I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about you, I'm thinking about your greatness. I'm, I'm using it to conquer or to come against just life's busyness, whatever seems to be the author's enemy at the time, whatever is going on, we see this remembering you, this meditations on God as being part of their songs. Psalms 119, he says, My eyes are awake before the watches of the night, that I may meditate upon your promises. Um, and there, even the, the Psalms at the very beginning it opens Psalms 1, verse 2, and he talks about the blessed man, someone who considers themselves in God's favor, is someone who delights in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on the principles of God day and night. And it says that he shall be like this tree that's just growing and multiplying right by rivers of living water. There's just something nourishing, something growing, something beautiful about this meditating on God's concepts. Elijah spent days and nights in the wilderness learning to hear that still small voice, to, to realize it wasn't this trumpeting voice. I think this being a follower of Jesus and what we're talking about today, this meditation involves like listening, like there's this hearing. I've even heard prayer described as like the, the, the primary means of us communicating with God, but meditation is really where the listening comes from. There's this this. this clearing the clutter out of our mind and making room to listen, to find that still small voice. Um, 
And Jesus himself we see in the midst of crowds and everyone pulling him right and left and plenty of stuff to do in his only 33 years on earth would spend uh, multiple times we see him going off to be by himself to have this, this withdrawing to a place to be apart, this lonely place it even calls sometimes. But it wasn't just to be away from people, it talks about him um, being with God. And he demonstrates so much of this, this listening and being the hands and feet of, well, his father at the time, which was an example for us. He says, I don't even, um, where do I have, uh, I think I put this in here. Maybe I didn't. He, the, 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 one of my favorite scripture verses is he talks about, he says, I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not just doing whatever I want to do or saying just whatever comes to mind. He's like, I'm, I'm getting these things from the Father. He's like, I'm listening, and I'm doing what I feel is, is being stirred up on the inside from God's Spirit. He's like, these are my actions. These are my words. He's like, I'm, I'm so connected to the Father that it's just coming out of me. And so he lives this life of this, this example to us of, of listening and then letting it turn into something, like obeying. This last discipleship group that we did, we, the focus was on, on hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and also doing something about it. And so every week when we met, we had this, we asked ourselves, what has God been saying to you this last week? And then what are we going to do about it? It wasn't this like, um, just let's, let's talk about whatever. It's, is he speaking to my heart? Am I feeling a prompting to love someone differently, act differently, put some structure into my life to be more vulnerable with people. What's going on? And so we wrestled, discussed, worked through that kind of stuff together. But this is the journey of someone who follows Jesus, is this learning to listen, which I think is scary. And I think we're going to get into it in a little bit because I think this is the biggest problem with meditation. We want to write it off as something that's, that's not part of faith, that doesn't have this history. But I think the scariest piece to us is that we're actually taking these communication with God into our own hands instead of trusting someone else to do it for us. We love to be like, I don't want to be the one doing this. I need a, I need a mediator, I need a priest, I need someone else to be doing this for me. I don't, I don't want to be the one doing this because then I'm, I'm responsible for talking with God. And to be honest, the, the, this love story, this is echoed through the whole thing. I mean, we see God so sad at times as he writes. Like they, he, he wants to be the Israelites, he wants to be their king. He wants to be able to lead and guide them. And they're like, we don't want to do that. Like, just elect us a king, give us a priest, give us someone to talk to you because we don't want to talk to you. Like, someone else can do that. And he's like, all right. And so we see kings and then we see prophets and we see these um, priests that go before God so that we don't have to do it. We don't have to talk. We don't have to listen. We don't have to just tell me what to do. Give me a list of rules. Give me the ups and downs. But you do it for me. I don't want to do it. And where meditation invites us in to sit still and listen, to, to slow all those thoughts that are coming in, and to join up with centuries of people who have been followers of Jesus before us that found so much strength, so much of their energy from taking these times of silence to meditate on what God is doing. Um, there's so many... Um, there's a sea of Christian literature, especially if you get outside the last hundred years, that meditation is all over the place of what these guys are talking about. Um, from Peter of Celis, who's a Benedictine monk from, from the 12th century, he talks about a Sabbath of contemplation. He's like, I take moments of just 
meditation and contemplation. It, it has to be a part of my life. Or the Russian um, mystic Theophan the Recluse, he says, to pray is to descend into the mind and the heart, and therefore I stand before the face of the Lord, ever-present, finally all-seeing with him. And the Anglican uh, minister Jeremy Taylor declares, he says, meditation is the duty of all Christians. And then our most recent person would be Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and he says, he's asked why he meditates so often, and he says, because I consider myself a Christian, was his answer to why he's got such a dedicated meditation practice. The purpose of uh, meditation really, I mean, if you want to really boil it down simple, it's this discipline to help us to hear God's voice and to answer, to obey, to follow after that, to take that prompting and to do something with it in our life. Um, we create emotional and spiritual space when we slow down and meditate on something that allows God to show us things, work on the inside of us, heal, even just give us that rest. Our minds are so busy, just rest is something we need so much. I was just reading, uh, I was reading some articles um, a couple weeks ago with Amy on the couch, and it talks about some of these business guys who are super creative, like Steve Jobs, the Apple guy, and they realize that our mind takes so much energy from us that he would try to remove as many decisions as possible in his life so that he would have this creativity. So that's why he wore the same outfit every day. He's like, I don't want to spend any energy on what I'm going to wear. This is going to be the black t-shirt and, the, you know what I mean? It's just, this whole closet's that. And uh, because he didn't want to waste time like, oh, what do I wear? How do I, how do I look? He's like, he realized how important like keeping that space clean and clear would change his life and do some different things. And so we see that it's, it seems to be echoed by so many people um, and some of us would be like, well, that's not living. I find my joy in clothing. Well, that's great. What, what do you hate? What do we need to automate? Maybe it's your finances. Like, get them all, you know, like, what do you need to automate to clear up some space? This isn't meditation, but I think the, the, there's so much of the purpose behind this is to clear space to hear that we need to, I think there's a, there's a side piece of this that's like, well, what the, what the heck's cluttering everything? Um, I mean, it's one thing to keep a clean bathroom, but if you're going to puke on the floor every single night, like... You're just going to keep yourself running in a circle. Come on, you love that, Liz. That was an awesome analogy. All right. That was a cheap laugh. I'm sorry. Uh. Um, Romans 14, 17 says, Our ever-present teacher, the Holy Spirit, will always be leading us into righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit. It's this, this leading us into something better, into something more. And, and so much of the writings of those before us and the scriptures talk about like this, this time of silence, this time of retreating from others, this time of meditation is where we, we, we find so much of this, where we get this recharge from the Spirit. Um, it gives us so much more balance and perspective on even the world around us, those in our family, what they may be thinking, what they may be going through, even our enemies. It gives us those moments to reflect and be like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm letting my anger of this moment or my frustration of something cloud that bigger picture of what's going on, of why they might have said that, why they might have done that. It just brings so much balance. And if we really do believe that the universe is created by this loving God who is pursuing us, it is that chance to listen, to actually have communion, to embrace the divine, and to give him a chance to speak. 
I know when we've talked on prayer in the past, um, there's so much of this relationship with God that almost looks like, uh, like a marriage. The scriptures will talk about it. And if I only talked to Amy and never listened, like, it just, that's not relationship. That's something completely the opposite. And so we're learning to listen. And I think all of us love to talk. And so learning to listen in any of our relationships is probably going to help quite a bit. Now, misconceptions about meditation, um, it definitely, there's people that think it's too complicated, that you need to know too much, it's too difficult, that it's, yeah, some kind of mystical Eastern magic that will let the devil into your life and all of a sudden you'll be running amok. Um, And I'm sure there is some weird stuff out there. Like, I'm sure, I, I guarantee you, like, I'm not saying it's not, that there isn't some weird, like, I, I, I'm sure you can find, like, a guided meditation that will send you into the, a dark, scary place that you don't want to be, but we're going to look at some of the concepts that have led those who were before us um, going into this. Uh, it's simple. I don't think there's much effort to this. You don't need a teacher. It is something that, that any, any of my mentors or anyone I've listened to before me have said, like, you just got to give it time and just watch and keep practicing and find something that, that works and tweak it and just keep going. It's not, it's not something that you're going to find like laser beam results overnight, but anyone that I've talked to that has, has really started practicing regularly has said like a few months in, they're like, okay, I definitely notice I'm less stressed. I'm, very, I'm a lot more clear in my, my thinking. Just even this mindfulness meditation, the, the part of just like clearing your thoughts out and kind of getting back to breath and how your body's feeling and relaxing, there are the fastest growing companies right now, the 10 fastest growing companies all give at least 20 minutes to all employees at any time of the day that they have a meditation room that they can go into. And you're just like, okay, there's something going on here that if Moneybags is tapping into this to make more creative cogs in the machine, um, there, there's some, I think there's something deeper that we're tapping into than just new age science that we need to be afraid of. Um, I think there's also, we believe that we're in a world that has multiple, that has spiritual dimension besides the physical. And I, I think we can talk about it all day long, but until we actually practice this, if we, we try to listen, we try to enter into that, you'll never, I can't help you believe. There's no evidence without you trying on, at all that I can give you. This is that stepping in, that daring, that diving into the sea a little bit and be like, okay, I'm going to try listening, God. Seriously, this is like, even just for the stillness, even just to clear out the thoughts, to give me clarity, to give me the perspective. There's, so, there's a plethora of benefits about this kind of stuff. Um, but I do want to talk about the obstacle. This, this meditation can be threatening really, really quick because I think each of us need to have a desire at some point. And I think it's something you have to pray for. I don't think it's naturally there for everyone is this desire to actually hear or get direction or guidance from the voice of spirit, not to be freaked out. We, we need that image of a loving God so we know that anything that might be coming from him is loving and in our best interest, not this old man throwing lightning bolts or whatever image may have be painted out there. The one that we talk about every Sunday, the one like God is loving and he's, he's saying something to us. But we've, as humans, and especially as Americans, I want to say, we have this tendency of wanting someone else to do something for us. Talk to God for me. Handle my problems for me. Um, I get really irritated 
like Christians, especially around election time. I'm going to do this without being political, but being political. Um, not being political, but just skimming this. I, I don't think... I think it's cowardly to put our religious duties onto the government to say, you just do this for me. I'll just...
and all of a sudden when we need something, oh shoot, where is he? Please, please baby Jesus, four pounds, nine ounces, lying in the manger, you seem like you're interested in this coming into my life and we, we get interested in the conversation, yet again, it's, this is one way, I'm just spilling my needs and I don't think there's a listen that comes back um, and not that God is in relationship like we are, where if Amy ignored me and I would be frustrated and physically like show that somehow. Not physically, oh man, I'm not. I would, you would be able to tell through those who are body language, yeah, that I was hurt, that something was going on. God isn't being hurt. Oh, you guys are just waiting for me to slip with my words and just like jump on that stuff. All right, let's get into um, really quick because I'm really interested in, man, I should have stapled these things. Um, Luke, okay, you're done. You're done. All right. Preparing to meditate. There is something, uh, before we talk about just some forms that we see through Christian history, um, I think there is praying for the desire and the grace to have this, this discipline in our life is a huge piece of it. Just asking God to help us enter into this. I think finding a place that's quiet and free from interruption is huge. If you're not going to be able to do this with, in your living room with a bunch of people around you and to find that stillness, your, your, your brain has got enough voices and things going on in it to still that you don't need another room filled with that as well. And maybe you don't have a separate room. Maybe it's the bathroom and maybe you just need to invest in some earmuffs or um, some, some beats by Dr. Dre, something to like... <laughs> Get your, I get 10% if you go to LukeDuzik.com and order them for there. Um, what else do I got on here? Uh, find a position that's comfortable. There's so many people, do I sit in the lotus position? Do I, no. Scripture talks about laying prostate at times. It talks about like being seated before him. Find, where are you comfortable and not going to be fidgety? Like where can you relax? Uh, and if you fall asleep, don't worry. Maybe that's what you needed. Maybe once you wake up and are actually rested and you attempt meditation again the next time, it's like, oh, I had the energy and didn't fall asleep. Because maybe right now you're running so ragged that uh, it's, it's, it is just going to, finding space and comfort is just going to put you to sleep because your life is that unhealthy at the moment and needs to find some, some more balance. Um, there's, there's give it time. The other thing that, my doctor hammered into me, and I've heard from many others as I read about this, is one thing big on meditation is finding, is trying to build consistency with it. Now, for some of us, consistency might be daily, and it might be, and I've, everyone I've heard says start small, so like seriously like three minutes on a clock, and, and try it for that, and once that seems comfortable, go to five, and then try for ten, and scientifically they say 20 minutes is like the magic number, like 20 minutes of meditation does like humongous benefits to our health. Um, going much over 25, 30 doesn't really, it still has benefits, but they're not, it's, the bulk of it comes around that 20-minute mark. Um, but we might want to try something daily when you wake. You might want to have a certain day of the week, but some kind of consistency where you know, because habits need some kind of like action. Maybe it's Saturday and Sunday, because the week is just too busy, but that's it. Like, it's my Saturday. I'm going to start by just clearing my mind of the week's crap. Or maybe it's Friday before bed, where you're just like, I'm done with this week. I'm done with my work stuff. I'm getting it all out of my head right now. I'm going to start on something different. I would say find some kind of consistency and get some support with people that trying to do it together. Like, hey, John, like, 
I know you were trying to do Friday nights. How's that going for you? I was trying to do Monday mornings. That didn't work. So I switched them to, you know, I don't know. Talk to each other. It's going to help a ton. Forms of meditation, there's many. There are a lot that I've read. I just want to talk about three today because I don't want to overwhelm you. But these three I see a lot in the writings of Christians before us and that we even see through scriptures. This, this meditating on scripture, meditating on creation, which is almost just like getting in the wilderness because um, the scripture says that um, the celestial, uh, in um, Psalms 19 it says, the celestial realms announce God's glory. The skies testify of his great work. There's just something about being in nature. It's as nature sings of God. And so just being there and meditating on how big he is. I was in the Boundary Waters this last week, and the stars are so bright. Oh. And so at nighttime, I just sit for hours just staring at the stars, just imagining how big, how vast, how amazing this all is. Even the beauty of everything around me, I was just soaked in how good God is. And then there's this centering or mindfulness meditation. Uh, meditating on Scripture really is different than Scripture study. We're not trying to come up with the answers, the exegesis, the trying to figure out how something's interpreted. We're finding something that seems inspiring. We're finding something that maybe even seems like, where does this fit in? And we're just thinking on that. Um, there's also a part of like entering into the story we see Jesus um, loving someone who's different, an enemy, the, the lady who was caught in adultery. And I've heard of some people meditating on this story where they enter in, they're like, I want to feel the heat of the sun and the dust over everything and smell the air and just see Jesus being generous and seeing myself being able to be that same generous. Like, no, like extending that grace and that forgiveness and that like seeing yourself in the story and in that moment and being a part of it. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, uh, just as you don't analyze the words of someone you love, but you accept them as they're said to you, accept the word of scripture and ponder it in your heart as Mary did. That is all meditation is. It's this, this grabbing these things and being like, okay. There's the in Christ scriptures, in Christ you're a brand new creation. In Christ, you have peace that passes understanding. There's, there's all these, one quick Google search on your phone will give you more in Christ verses than you can imagine. And just grabbing one and just pondering it, starting at three minutes or even going up, just pondering, yeah, this isn't who I am anymore. It, there, this brings even into effect this, um, we hear the word uh, repentance so much. Oh, but repentance needs to be a part of any kind of change. And I don't disagree as long as we understand it. Repentance is from the Hebrew word teshuva, which means return to goodness. It's just that realization that this isn't who I am. I'm something else. And so, yeah, re repentance is part of meditation. We're saying like, oh, this isn't me. I've gotten caught up in something. I've gotten frustrated. I've gotten, and I'm getting, I'm centering myself back. I know this is who I am. This is who God's made me to be. This is how I can see myself. I can see myself loving that person that annoys the snot out of me. I can see myself um, just going beyond any kind of generosity that I've even seen in my life so far, seeing myself even being more generous, seeing myself being more accepting and peaceful and, and walking out some of these scripture things. Bonhoeffer even recommends spending an entire week on just a single text. He's like, just grab some small thing and every day think about it a little bit. Have it apply to life. Just grab this piece of scripture 
Um, smell the sea, hear the waves if Jesus is there. Like, try to get yourself into the story. Uh, imagination is such a huge piece of what's going on here. But if we're wanting to like meditate on Jesus when he says, um, my peace I give to you, it's, it's, um, it's not studying the passage and reading all about the Bible's peace. No, it's what does that look like for me? Can I see myself with a peace that passes human understanding coming from God? What does it look like in my week today? What does it look like in my day that's ahead of me? What does that kind of peace look like? What do I look like? How do I respond to those I love if I've got this kind of peace in my life? It's chewing on it. It's letting it wrestle there a little bit. It's, it's grabbing this and, and pulling all the other thoughts because there's other thoughts that be like, you can't do that. You're going to get angry or you're going to be too tired. You're frustrated. It's letting that pull aside. Be like, no, this is not... Scripture doesn't say I've made you angry and frustrated and stressed out. It says I've, I'm giving you a peace that passes understanding. He says, my peace I give to you as a gift. What does that look like? That's what this kind of scripture meditation can look like for us. Um, then there's the creation meditation like nature is such a big deal and our city has been, the Twin Cities has been voted like one of the best uh, areas in the nation for like green spaces for its the people who live here. We have so many parks, so many rivers, so many places where you can go where you won't see someone and you can just dial into that. You can slow down your thoughts. You can soak in nature and what's going on around us. It's this... Um, watching a frog and realizing how beautiful it is. Or even as the New Testament says, look at the birds. Jan is like, she's meditating on God's goodness when she's watching these birds, how beautiful they are, how they have no care in the world. They're not worried about what they look like. They're not worried about where they're going to get food. They're just trusting God. And there's something divine about going into that and being like, yeah, look at the lilies of the field. Look at these flowers. Look at how beautiful God's arrayed them. They're not freaking out, trying to look this beautiful, to be this peaceful, to grow like they are. They're just following their natural process. They're following God. They're doing what they were created to do. And that's what we're doing as we're meditating. The other one I want to talk about is this centering or this mindfulness meditation. Um, with this busy mind, uh, this is a big deal to slow your mind down. Um, I use an app. I think it's called Simply Being. It's a guided that you can choose three, five, ten. 20 minutes, and it's just this lady just being like, hey, if there's thoughts coming right now, just let them, don't judge yourself for what you're thinking, just let them go, just bring yourself back to how your body feels right now, just relaxing, just calming your mind and your body, um, and I do it before, like, I pray then, too, or before, like, even just a time of, like, listening or, like, asking what's going on. Um, everything I write now the last two years is all done through, I used to spend all this time researching and trying to make my words look perfect. And now, and it would be like a two-week period before I talked, and now it's like I, this message started two months ago with an idea of what it was supposed to be, and I would meditate a little bit on it every week, and then all of a sudden ideas would come. Like your subconscious, the Holy Spirit would give you ideas, and I'd write them down, and then the next week I'd be like, man, I collected a lot of ideas. Which ones are still seem to be like they're here, they're good, something's happening, I keep those ones. The other ones like, ah, this one's not there, it's okay. Let it go. And all of a sudden, I come to the week before this, and I'm like, I got way too much content. Like, I got to throw some of this out. Like, I actually got to pray and meditate about what needs to be here and what needs to go away because there's just so much, there's so much good stuff that ended up coming. And it wasn't this toil of trying to. It was just letting it come, letting it, like, listening, figuring out where, what's going on. Keenan's going to be doing more teaching, and so I've been talking to him about having a journal. And, like, when ideas are coming, just 
throw them down, no matter how ridiculous, like later you can start sorting through. But once you find ones you like, then you start getting more ideas and God can speak with you and talk with you about that. It's our own life. Like, what's next for us? Like, if you looked at this next week and you listened and you actually imagined yourself sitting before the divine, like, what would he say about your next week? Like, hey, you don't have to worry. Like, things are all right. Um, I'll let that come up in discussion. Remind me about the stars and one other thing. I don't want this on the recording. Um, uh, in the Middle Ages, the Christians would call the centering or mindful meditation, they would call it like uh, recollection. Like it's this like reestablishing our thoughts back on, on, on like getting out all the clutter. Um, the Quakers call it like centering down. Um, there's a big piece of this too that when you find something that is stressing you out or if there's anger in there or if you're worried about something, like there's a, this piece of giving it to God and then there's a piece of like receiving like the peace and, and what you need to going forward. Some people will do it with every breath. Like as, as you're breathing out, I'm just letting go of like frustration. I'm letting go of worry. I'm letting go of whatever it is that's bothering me right now. And every inhale, I'm trusting that I'm getting more peace I'm getting more faith. I'm getting more hope. I'm being filled with the things of God. And it's just, it gets your mind back on what it's supposed to be and it gets your mind back on like cluttering out all this other stuff. Like, nope, I'm letting go of this stuff. I'm giving it to God. I'm, I'm re-centering myself back on what's important and what's going on and I'm getting rid of the rest. And so, again, it's like this inhale. I'm, I'm taking something in from God and I'm giving him the, the crap, the crust, whatever else needs to be there. He says, take my yoke. It's easy. It's light. It's made for you. He's like, give me your cares, give me your burdens, give me what's troubling you. We can do this through this kind of like mindful meditation that's release and receive. Quiets our busy mind so we can hear God. Um, oh, that's it. Uh, so, uh, I think discussion is going to be key in this kind of deal because I don't know how many of us are doing this, if we think we can do it, if we see the value in adding a practice of meditation to our faith journey. Um, but I definitely want to talk about it, but let's pray and invite God in because we're definitely going to need him to give us any desires or any help in doing this and then see where discussion takes us. Um, Jesus, I just thank you so much for practices that we can add to our life that really do help. Help us to walk in your ways, help us to walk in your peace, help us to usher in your love, your kingdom, your ways. But we need, we need help. Uh, meditation doesn't seem like it comes natural to us and so we need the desire we need your Holy Spirit to help us adapt these principles uniquely to each one of us where it fits into our life and how it can help us the most help us to do this as a community together to add this spiritual practice that's been a part of our faith since you since man the scriptures were even way back in Genesis we just thank you that it becomes real it changes us we see the benefits of adding this practice to our life in Jesus name we pray amen Always something. All right. Well...